Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our good friend, Chris Marler of Saturday Down South, Saturday Football Uncensored. Chris, what's going on, my man? Great to see you once again. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Had a, had a fantastic week. Uh, weekend was great. The games were great. So it was a lot of fun. It was a fun weekend of college football, for sure. Hey, first thing, I'm going to throw you a curveball to start out. What did you think yep. of uh, Oregon and their trolling of Colorado before, during, and after the beatdown? So I host a podcast called Saturday Football Uncensored and I'm not great at, at censoring myself uh, or filtering out things so I'll just be honest with how I felt about all of it I'm so fucking tired of hearing about not not Colorado the Colorado thing is a really great story and Dion what he's doing is impressive and awesome to watch and it's really great what people in the media have turned this into is so fucking stupid and it's so annoying and I'm so tired of it because like Dan Lanning did what all coaches do, and that's motivate his team and talk his shit before the game. And then he backed it up on the field. And, you know, like, I don't think that performance was indicative of Dan Lanning trying to shut up Deion Sanders. I think Dan Lanning was tired of hearing about Colorado and all the attention it was getting. Like, he was, I watched a live, a live interview with him on Friday night where he was asked five questions, and three of them were about Deion Sanders. And it's like you're sitting here with a top 10 team and a, a potential Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, and you're going to answer questions about a team that was 1-11 last year because they beat TCU and Colorado State. Like, get the fuck out of here. I just, I'm just tired of hearing about it. So I thought it was awesome from, from, um, from Oregon all the way around. And I thought Dion handled the whole thing with class, too, because he did a good job of just saying, like, hey, you know, like, hats off to him. And then I, I loved what he said afterwards about, you know, better get me now because this is the, the lowest we're going to be. Yeah, Chris, I think you can really tell who's been in a locker room and who hasn't because, if yeah. you know, I, I heard some of the Dan Lenning comments also, and it's like you would be – some of these people would be horrified if they heard what's said on a week-in, week-out basis, yeah. things used for motivation, what's said about opposing coaches and players, and, you know, what what's what's said behind closed doors. I think some people would yeah. be somewhat surprised. Uh, either way, though, we moved to the SEC, Chris, like you mentioned, a jam-packed slate. My man, let's start with Alabama. The Crimson Tide bounced back in a big way. 24 to 10 win. I took Bama minus seven. I, I just mm. felt like it's one thing to beat Alabama. It's another to, you know, for Ole Miss Lane Kiffin to go in there and, and you know, effectively end what would feel like in yeah. their season or in their hopes of, you know, their goals, what have you. What were your thoughts on Alabama and, and Ole Miss? Obviously, that was sort of a mistake ridden first half. It was a seven mm -hmm. to six at halftime. And, Bama pulls away. Jalen Miller, who I thought, obviously establishing he is QB1. But what were your biggest takeaways from that game and, I guess, encouraging signs that you saw from Alabama? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things they did um, 
there's a lot of things they did that was bad. There's a lot of things they did that was really, really good. I thought it was, I thought it was great to see the way they like the resiliency of the team and um, how much they fought. I was really impressed by that because you look at the first half and it was like, man, like this team, I was texting a buddy of mine and I was just so frustrated because it's like every time they do something well, it seems like they do something stupid. You had your fifth touchdown called back from a penalty in three games. You have like, you know, even in the third quarter, when you go up by 10, you have a kickoff and it you immediately pin them deep inside the eight yard line and you get a targeting penalty that not only gives them 15 extra yards, then they you eject your your third string running back who was seeing like some time in that game. Um, I could focus on the negatives all like for a while because there was a lot of them. I, I'm not even going to get started on getting a blocked punt at the one yard line and deciding to run out of shotgun when you've had issues with the snap all year because that was unfucking real to watch i was like dan had three trips in the red zone in the first half and you had the first one went for negative 10 yards and a field goal the second one ended an interception the third one went for negative 23 yards another field goal and i was about to lose my mind <laughs> from the resiliency standpoint you had Jalen Milrow throw an inexcusable interception in the red zone and it was something that is absolutely inexcusable like i said um but after that nine of 11 passing 82 percent completion percentage uh 14 and a half yards per attempt i mean he's putting up spencer rattler numbers dude i mean we're talking about like it was it was really good to watch it was really good to watch no interceptions. Um, I just took a big hit and threw a, threw a touchdown to uh, Jalen Hale. And that was another part, too. You saw some guys fill in um, on offense and defense that were newcomers. One uh, at, at, at linebacker, Jihad Campbell. The name scares me a lot, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm naming my kid Jihad anytime soon. But um, <laughs> it was a it was a, I thought it was a really, really good win. And the fact that the defense was so suffocating. They did it on special teams as well. You've hit 20 straight field goals from Will Reichert. I, I thought it was very, very promising. And I said this after they lost to Texas. Who else on the schedule do you look at? And it's like, that's an automatic loss. And, and A&M is going to be really tough because you have to go on the road. Um, but you, they, they're probably going to be without Connor Wigman. And then you talk about like getting Tennessee, who's definitely beatable at home, and LSU, who has struggled with teams like Arkansas. Um, and they're beatable. So we'll see. Yeah, to your point, Chris, I think every team in the SEC certainly has their flaws, and I think to, to some varying degrees, we've seen those from every team in the SEC. Ole Miss, really quickly, we all like Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Do you feel like at Ole Miss, the ceiling, though, is that, say, nine or ten wins? Like, I, I just – it feels like that's kind of what Ole Miss football is. and Like, that's not a bad thing. I think a lot of programs should be – should strive to be like what Lane Kiffin has built, but, I mean – would you say they've hit their ceiling under Lane Kiffin, kind of where, you know, plateaued where they are currently? Let's do this together because uh, this is a fun little stat I want to look up mm -hmm. with you. You said, is their stat nine or 10 wins, right? Or th is their ceiling nine or 10 wins, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Do you know how many times in program history they've had more than 10 wins? Uh, zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> so, yeah, the ceiling is that. And and I think that, like, you know, I, I think that there's, there's room for – growth for every team and i think that you can you can go into the portal and get some guys i i sometimes i wonder if kiffin knows he can go get other players besides just quarterbacks because i it, you know for a while there it was like he was only bringing in quarterbacks both in recruiting and uh and in in the portal um i think they're a good football team i think that they they have a the the chance when they're coached well and when they're like focused to go do some damage. You saw it in 2021 when they had um, Matt Corral at quarterback. That was a great team. That was a really, really good football team. But really, like, you know, you look at it now and it's like, man, like, like I don't want my coach. I, I, I remember saying this when, when Mark Richt was at, was at Georgia and I caught a lot of flack for it then. One thing I loved about Saban versus Richt was I knew on Sunday mornings Richt was going to be in church. And that's great. 
My mom's a pastor. Hats off to you. But I know Saban's going to be watching game tape. So on Saturday morning, <laughs> watching Lane Kiffin tweet about him going to fucking Pilates, I was excited that the coach that I, I had on the sideline was going to not be doing that. And so I think that, I hate to say it, as long as he's there and, and his maturity level, I think that has hit a ceiling. I think his maturity has hit a ceiling. And I wonder how far they can go with that being the like that being how he, he handles and approaches the program. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chris, South Carolina got what felt like a, a much-needed win against Mississippi State, yeah. getting their first SEC one of the season. Spencer Rattler continues his hot play. Xavier Leggett making an argument for being the best wide receiver in college football. Secondary play was optional on both sides, by the yeah. way, because Will Rogers threw for 487 yards. The Gamecocks got a big win. Does your opinion of them change all that much after that W? I know Mississippi State's not exactly considered one of the top-tier teams in the SEC. Mm. So, your overall thoughts on just South Carolina's win again, one they had to have, but does it change the perception a whole lot? Well, so first off, what I'll say is I think that one thing I've been wrong about is Spencer Rattler is absolutely the best quarterback in the SEC right now. Spencer Rattler has been outstanding for that team and that program, and he's done it in every game. He's not like – you even look, I think he was 83% completion percentage in the North Carolina game and a game where I like, you know, I think some of the stuff gets lost in the numbers because the stats, like, you know, you know, just in the way sports fans are nowadays in general, like we want to see home runs. We want to see 104 mile an hour fastballs. We want to see all that kind of shit. Like Spencer Rattler doesn't have as many touchdown passes going into this week, but I mean, Jesus, man, if you go up against a Georgia defense and you're 16 of 18, you start out a game this week. I mean, he was putting up Steven Garcia numbers, man. 18 to 20 has given me PTSD all over again to 2010. Like it was, it was a really, really great job from him. And he's doing it without arguably his best receiver. And he's making the, the wide receiver two one of the best receivers in the country. Like it's awesome to watch. And uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that still scares me about this team because the, the offensive line, defensive line are a concern. And we've seen what they've, you know, given up with sacks wise and stuff like that. Um, especially on the O-line, but the secondary, that was surprising that like, that's been a really 
if you think about it, not even just from an individual standpoint, because it's definitely been a strength in an individual standpoint, but the secondary seems like it's been pretty talented at the very least at South Carolina for the last five years at minimum. And to watch what that, what happened with Will Rogers and Will Rogers is a great quarterback, but to watch what happened with him in a primarily running offense, it was concerning to say the least. Hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of Gamecock fans, Chris, would agree with you. I mean, again, it's it's the secondary, to your point, has been the strength of this defense over the first two seasons of the Shane Beamer era. And I think this yeah. year, you know, I'm, I'm – Chris, I'm ready to accept I, – I don't think this defense is very good. I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I think the Gamecocks are going to have to outscore people to win games. I, yeah. I just I, – I think they're going to have to, and to your point of what's scary, they're going to have to get that level of play from Spencer Rattler. And I'm just concerned – when he not not just not, not even when he plays bad, like when he becomes human, can mm -hmm. they still win? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's that's my greatest concern. Uh, Chris, looking at the rest of Week Four really quickly, I want to move into these Week Five games. What jumped out to you? I mean, Texas A&M takes down Auburn, Kentucky, and Mizzou stay undefeated. Uh, the LSU Arkansas Arkansas game quietly the game mm -hmm. of the weekend, you could argue. Uh, anything in particular jump out like ma major takeaways from the Week Four slate? Yeah, just kind of going around it from SEC, uh, SEC played in general. Like, I mean, Arkansas showed a lot of fight, um, and it was really fun to watch. Um, that's always been a great rivalry game. I hate the fact they played it in September, but I mean, that's that's always been a great rivalry game. And you get to see KG Jefferson as best. I would have liked to see him kind of pull away with the win. I think it's like, it, like it, it, you can't pull against KJ Jefferson in general. I don't think any like just casual fan is doing that. Um, but it was a great game. It was a great environment. Uh, Death Valley was rocking. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Mizzou's legit. That, that was like one of the things I meant to tweet this out and I didn't, but like the, the two main takeaways I had, like the two certainties that I had, I don't know if Bama is going to run the table. I don't know if Georgia is good enough to win the national championship. I don't know who Tennessee is in general, but like the two certainties that I had from this weekend is that Mizzou should be a ranked team because they are a top 25 team, maybe a top 20 team in the country right now that we're just not talking about because it's Mizzou and that Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback in the SEC right now. And I think that both those things showed why they're very, very real. And, and at this point of the season, um, two factual things that I feel very certain about. And I think the Mizzou and Brady Cook, Brady Cook's been awesome. He's been awesome to watch. You talk about going into the season where people thought that was going to be kind of like a weak, weak point for that team, especially that offense. It might be like what limited, limited them from winning games. And he's been incredible all season long. Um, the other stuff, I mean, A&M and Auburn, <laughs> Auburn, I didn't, I didn't know this. This is an incredible stat that I found. Um, I mean, that was they had 56 yards passing combined on on Saturday, which is which is terrible. Um, and especially in a Hugh Freeze offense, where Bo Wallace was a 3,000 yard passer twice. Let's not forget that. But this is their fifth straight game against a Power Five team where they've had less than 100 yards passing, which is almost impossible to do. So um, that was not great. And I think I think with A and M, you got to feel better about them, especially with who they get at home. Like they get Bama at home. We'll see what they can do with Tennessee and, and LSU on the road. But, like, that's still a very dangerous team, especially when they have Stewart at receiver. Chris, let's jump into this week five slate. Tons of great SEC action. I want to dive right into the game on Saturday night, obviously, the Tennessee Volunteers mm -hmm. hosting South Carolina. First, let me ask you this, because we hear all the time about the, the revenge factor. It's a revenge yep. game. Like, like we're, we're, that's going to get played out leading into this football game because of 63-38, to 38, what happened yep. last year at Williams-Brice Stadium. Like, do you buy revenge factor at all? Does it mean anything in games like this? Have you met anyone from Tennessee? 
Are you like, have you met any of them? I've been to Knoxville, believe it or not. Yeah. It's, Jesus. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe in it for one. And I definitely believe in it in, in, in Tennessee. And here's the thing too. And this is one of the reasons why Kirby smart is the best coach in college football is that like, it's hard to motivate 18 to 22 year old kids for this long. I mean, you played college sports, like you get it. Like it, it's, it's hard to keep kids focused and, and like motivated for that long. And so anything you can do to get like a leg up or, you know, an arm of the competition, whatever you want to say. Um, I think you take advantage of that. And I think Tennessee, there is a very real huge chip on their shoulder because they used to be the, like they, they have been throughout the entire history of the sec, the second best program in the conference. It's Bama and Tennessee. And it always has been. And, you know, they, they won that title 98. And then you just talk about just disappointment, even in these like small little blips of like when they've kind of, you know, peaked and, and, and been in the top 10, the Josh Dobbs year and all that kind of stuff it's ended horribly and all the coaches they brought in last year was great. And I think that this year, like, I don't think there's a game on their schedule that they have more anger and venom towards than, than maybe Georgia than this game. And, and because like deservingly, so they got ran out of the building and laughed at from the country because all we heard from Tennessee fans nonstop was I, you know, and, and I don't know what happens if hooker stays in that game and doesn't get injured, but that happens. And so I don't, I don't know if there's a team that has been more frustrated with a, with an, with an outcome than Tennessee was in the South Carolina game last year. I mean, like, cause they got embarrassed and they got embarrassed against an offense that had sputtered for a lot of the year and a quarterback that had sputtered for a lot of the year. And they got embarrassed kind of, kind of like doing, having done to them what they'd done to others throughout the season, but 60, they ran out of fireworks. They ran out of fucking fireworks. I can't it's the funniest thing that has happened in college football. And I don't even know how long. It, it was incredible. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets 
They're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at game time. Go download the game time app or go to gametime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. A result none of us will forget anytime soon, Chris Marler. Again, 63-38 to last year. Spencer Rattler obviously is back for more. I think what's really interesting, Chris, in this football game, it's Mm -hmm. a pair of fan bases that... From what I've seen on social media, obviously the back and forth, the jabbing, the trash talk, but Tennessee fans are kind of feeling yeah. insecure about their football team. South Carolina fans are kind of feeling the same way because I think there's a lot of Gamecock Nation that expected that Mississippi State game to be a blowout. And so there's some mm-hmm. things that are worrisome. And, like, what do you think it all means? I'll tell you this first thing, Chris. I love the over 61. I think oh, yeah. defense is going to be optional. I don't think anybody's stopping anybody. Your overall thoughts on how this football game plays out. If you want to lock in a prediction, fine. But, like, like do, do you think it's the blowout that Tennessee faithful are hoping for? So, I think that if they get up, they have the chance to do that. I don't know if Joe Milton is able to play mistake-free football for that long, for 60 straight minutes. I know Spencer Rattler can. I've seen him do it multiple times. Like, I know he can. I don't know if he has enough weapons around him to do that. Because here's the thing, too. And I said this in the beginning of the season, and I, and I still kind of stand by it, even though the, the, the teams they've played have kind of benefited to this, this stat. But the, the thing that we don't talk about with Tennessee nearly enough is that their, their front seven is really, really good. They get after the quarterback. They, I mean, after week two, they led the country in sacks, um, and they led the SEC, I believe, in sacks and tackles for loss. They've been fantastic up front on the defense side of the ball. And all we ever talk about with Tennessee usually is just the offense, especially with the Josh Heupel coach team. So the front seven on that defense has been really good. Now they are shaky. Like they, they like Carolina is going to score. Carolina is going to score. Um, and I think that Tennessee, when you like what I love from this more than anything is the confidence you have to have if you're South Carolina going into this. Sure, you barely beat, if you want to say it, you barely beat Mississippi State. What'd you mean by seven? It was like 37 30. Mm-hmm. Well, the line was yeah, six. So let's all calm down. Okay. Like the line, like Vegas is not wrong. You say it, I say it all the time. They don't build like a fucking billion dollar hotels in the middle of the desert, like for being wrong. So yeah, it seemed like that was probably spot on with like, I guess like sharp thought was going to happen. I think that this is a team that is beatable going into Knoxville is going to be really tough. It's going to be the whole thing with the, the, you know, like the, the black jerseys and it's going to be an electric environment. I know that Spencer Rattler is not going to be phased by that. I don't know if everyone is not going to be phased by that. And he cannot win this game. This game will not be won with just Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. It just won't. It just won't. Like it just, it, it can't happen. So, you know, the secondary scares me, especially what we saw last week, but, but Joe Milton is not Will Rogers and he's not as accurate of passers as Will Rogers. So you got to hope that you win the turnover battle for one. You can avoid costly mistakes. Like obviously from, from your offense. But the other thing is like, they're going to have shots downfield for Tennessee. You got to hope they miss them. Um, I think it's a close game, you know, for, for most of it, I don't see it being a blowout. I could see Tennessee pulling away late, kind of not similar to what we saw with the Georgia game because that's that's a different animal. But it's a tough environment to play in. I, I wish this game was in South Carolina again for for Carolina. To your point, Chris, about keeping Spencer Rattler upright and just the front seven of Tennessee, that's one of my keys because you look at the stats. 
Tennessee, 16 sacks at this point. South Carolina mm. has allowed 17 sacks. Yeah. So, it may not bode well. Spencer Rattler can't do a lot of damage when he's on his back. Uh, Shane Beamer against Josh Heupel. I mean, this has kind of become like a, mm. you know, a fun, <laughs> low-key, a fun rivalry. Yeah. What do you think it's a bigger game for? Because as you mentioned, Tennessee, what they want to do as a program, you know, that's – they had a great season last year. Yeah. But Shane Beamer ruined it. And, I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there, dare I say, who hates Shane Beamer more than Tennessee fans. Like, they can't stand that guy. Oh, so, Kirby. to lose to him again, maybe Kirby. Okay, maybe Kirby. But when you look at these two coaches, these two programs, both are fighting for this SEC East hierarchy. Like, who do you think needs it more? Uh, Tennessee. Uh, like, like this is the thing. I've, I've said this for a while. South Carolina feels like they're playing with house money. And, and like, I know that the, the expectations are there for the program and the fan base wants them to win. And I get all that. And it's good to have those expectations. But if we're being honest, like, Think about the expectations that are in Knoxville. You won 11 games last year. You beat Bama. They printed a fucking commemorative book in middle October, in the middle of October after beating Bama. They did it for the whole season. Like, if you think expectations aren't tempered there, then, like, I I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, I think – and I tell you what, Tim Fulbright, I don't know who he is. He brings up a really good point in the commentary. He says, what teams have they been getting those sacks against? They had eleven against against their in their first two games against Virginia and whoever else they played. Austin um, P. And Austin P. Right? We're like Austin Poop. Boom, nailed it. So I think that like <laughs> that whole thing, and then you have like well, whoever they played last week. Like, like they haven't played anybody, right? Mm. Um, besides Florida, and they got their ass beat by Florida badly. So I think it's a bigger game for Josh Heupel because if you leave the month of September in a season where you look at that schedule coming into the season, you're like, man, we're obviously going to be five and zero going into here. I don't think any Tennessee fans thought they were going to lose. To AM, to Bama, to to like anyone before Georgia for sure. And you're looking at possibly leaving the month of September three and two with two losses in your division and out of that race, then you're in trouble. So I think this I think this is like it's I don't say a must win for Hypo, but for them to to go anywhere close to where their goals are for this season, yeah, they can't lose. And I think again with Carolina, I hate to say it because like it's not like the season's over, you're two and two, but like I don't think a lot of rational fans for Carolina were thinking we're going to win the SEC East and the SEC and go compete for this, this, and this. And Tennessee fans fully expected they they were going to be competing for a division title, an SEC title, going to hopefully the playoff. And they they had a Heisman Trophy quarterback um, in, in their in, in their what do you call it in their QB room, and that was like a month ago. So you make valid points, Marlon. As you always do, do. man. I tell you that. As you all, as you always do. Now, as we look at the rest of the SEC slate, Chris, for this week, um, you know, I I know the phrase "separation Saturday." I feel like that's not normally used until we get till late October or something like that. But it kind of feels like one in the SEC this week when you you just talk about the hierarchy and we do these power rankings, and it really does feel true that three through thirteen or what have you, you could just kind of shake up and put in the order. And on any given Saturday, you could be right, but you know, Kentucky, Florida, and Lexington, that A&M Arkansas game in Arlington, um, you know, even Ole Miss and LSU. I think we're going to learn a lot in these football games. What are you most looking forward to from matchups? Like, those are three games to me that feel very 50-50 right now. Yeah. So the LSU-Ole Miss game is going to be very interesting because that's a game last year I thought Ole Miss would roll in. Another game I have the over in, by the way. Yeah, I like that too. (laughs) Love the over. They they made made LSU's entire season turned around after that game. 
right? Like you're talking about coming off like a few weeks prior to that where you get boat raced at home by Tennessee. And then you talk about like by the end of the month, you're, you're back in contention for the SC West and hopefully an SC title and all that kind of stuff. So that's going to be really interesting to see, especially with how Ole Miss can recover from what happened last week. I'm very interested to see that game. Auburn South. I mean, Auburn Georgia is my favorite rivalry in college football ever. It always will be Um, being from Atlanta. The fact that first game was, played in 1892 in, in Piedmont park. And there's so much history and tradition. And, and I, and as a Bama fan, like one of those teams has to lose. Usually that game was played ahead of the Bama Auburn game. So somebody was going to get hurt. Like probably I hate the, how that sounds, but you talk not hurt, but like you get beat up in that game. Right. Like that's a, it's like that game was like when Bama and LSU would play and people would be like physical the entire game. So it's like, man, you're limping into the next week. And that was always great. Um, it's just a fun, fun rivalry. Georgia's won like 15 of the last 18. But I was surprised. On a, on a side note, Chris, why is the spread 14 and a half in that one? This is, the next sentence out of my mouth was going to be, but the spread <laughs> is 14. And I don't get it. I don't get it. But I love it. I love it. So, like, I hope Vegas knows something. And it's come down. It was at, like, 15 and a half. I was watching something a, a buddy of mine, Graham Coffee, tweeted. Um, and it was like, he's like, this makes no sense. This is 15 and a half. It feels like you want to jump all over Georgia. And here's the thing about Vegas, too. When when the line stinks, like something usually is up. Like if if like you're not gonna make free money off of Vegas, right? So it's like 15 and a half. I was like, that seems weird, dude. Within like two hours, it was down to fourteen. So somebody knows something. I don't know. Uh, maybe Carson Beck is gonna get in trouble for saying some shit on when Snapchat. It, hey, when it when it's too good to be true, it normally is. That's how yeah, Vegas works. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's with dating and in college football. So there you go. Um, no, so I think <laughs> I think point. with uh, the whole thing with with that game, which should be a lot of fun to watch. Kentucky, Florida is going to be a lot of fun. I think Florida is – we'll see after this weekend because I'm on the roller coaster with them, right? Like Utah was tough. Tennessee was awesome. Last week you're like they scored one offensive touchdown against Charlotte and 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 fake Sam Pittman as their head coach. Like it was just like what is happening here? So I think that like that game, I want to pick Florida, but I, I think it'll be a lot of fun to see who wins that game. And it's another game, too. It's another weekend, too. It's like, there's good football on all day. Bama's on at, like, fucking 9 p.m. Ugh. Saving after dark. I want no part of that. I want no part of that. Um, does, does that one Does that one worry you at all from the Bama perspective? I mean, it's, it seems just, you know, if Will Rogers has all of a sudden got it clicking, like, does that – Grow up. Like, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, here's, sure. here's the thing. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to – I will say that nothing ever good happens in Starkville for Alabama. It's where Tua got hurt – there's always some shit that happens in Starkville and I hate it. I hate going to Starkville. It's a miserable place to go. It's there's fucking nothing there. It's like, I hate it. And something bad always happens. So barring injury, I don't see it being a huge, huge concern. Here's the other thing too. And I thought this set out all the time. Alabama has allowed one touchdown total, one touchdown total to Mississippi state in the last three years combined. And it came in the last play of the game last year. So I think they're going to be fine. Um, and I think that you talk about how good the defense was. I, I think it might be, they might struggle early on offense, but the defense for Bama is really, really good. And I think that they're going to be able to, to be fine. So a jam packed slate of college football once again, especially in the SEC. Uh, Chris, last thing before we get you out of here is anything surprise you to this point in the college football season? Anything that any preconceived notions, predictions, thoughts on the season, thoughts on a certain team, thoughts on a player yeah. that you sit here now going into week five, the month of October is about to approach and, and come upon us and you're you're surprised by to this point? Um, Penn State is really good. Penn State's really, really good. And we're not talking enough about it. I don't know if you saw what they did to Iowa. 
this weekend. I know it's an SEC show, but we cover national stuff on our. Oh yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. They so, they dominated them right for the most part. I, I checked on that game, and it was looked pretty dude, ugly. So. Iowa had seventy six total yards and four first downs. <laughs> um, they got beat thirty one nothing. They had fifty four. Iowa stat line right there, dude. An Iowa but, stat line. But they they put up forty one the week before. They had against Penn State. They had fifty four total yards on their first two drives, and they had twenty two the rest of the game. It was. It, I think it was like eight out of their 10 drives were three and outs and punts. They had six fumbles. Like, like, but I also say Penn state is really, really good. And we just don't really talk enough about them. Um, love the Ohio state Notre Dame game last week. I do think Michigan is overrated. I think, I think the thing that surprised me the most is this. There's a couple of like confirmation bias things that I, I've, I've enjoyed because I felt like this was going to happen for the season. And I didn't realize how accurate they might be. Like, I, I think Texas is really good. What's happening in the PAC 12 is like, I, I know a lot of people don't take the Pac-12 seriously because of like historical reasons. What's happening in the Pac-12 this year is special, and it's really, really fun to watch. And if you love college football, like I think all of us do, it's a really fun conference this year to watch. And it's not just Caleb Williams, and it's not just Dion, but like Bo Nix being a Heisman contender, Cam Ward that no one's talking about up at Washington State. They've got five legitimate guys out there that could be Heisman Trophy winners, not just contenders, at, at the QB position alone. And it's awesome, awesome to watch. Um, Michael Penix and, and Washington might be the best team in the country, and we're just not even talking about them. They're all outside the top five. Like, and I think that one thing that that I I look at with this season is I keep hearing this over and over, and I've even said it I think once or twice, joking, but like people keep saying like, "Is anybody any good? Like, is anybody even any good?" Because Georgia's got cracks in the foundation. Ohio State, and Michigan struggled with like Rutgers last week and threw three picks against Bowling Green. But you look outside the top five, and you start looking at like Florida State and what they've done with that resume, and Texas, and. Penn State and and Oregon and Washington and all these teams that are like hovering right around there, and it's it's like everyone's is good, like everyone's good, and any of those teams outside of the top five that we just kind of wanted to write in is like, oh, they're going to be in the playoff, like USC, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, they're going to be in the playoff. Like you look from like five through ten or five through twelve, and there's so many teams that could still compete and win a national title. And it's wide open. It's so much fun. I'm just, I'm, I'm, this season has been so much fun so far. And I feel like it's only going to continue to be that way for the rest of the season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And Chris, arguably the most fun part is that you didn't mention Clemson's name because they are officially out of it. Feels great. Hold to on, say. real quick. Not, can, not we even... talk about, can we talk about for a brief moment the fact that the kid who missed the field goal, his last name was Whites? Because if they would have won, oh yeah. yeah, if they would have won, you know the headline would have been like Dabo and the Whites win this game. Like I just, it would have been awesome. Would have been. I no, I, I thought what was funnier about that though was honestly the fact that Dabo Sweeney could have went to the portal and gotten an actual kicker. You know, a guy that's mm-hmm. kicked in college and kind of done it yeah. before and. That's why you lose. So 
it's it's fu- funny how the world works. Love glad it. To, glad to know that bad things still happen to bad people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, Saturday Football on Center. Chris, remind folks where they can catch your show when it drops, all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, it's Saturday Football Uncensored. It's on Apple and Spotify and all platforms. We do a live show on all platforms and YouTube on Sunday nights with a call in line from the day before and all that kind of stuff. We've got a bunch of videos, series, and things like that that we're launching as well. Um, but yeah, Saturday Football Uncensored is the name of the podcast. And then on Instagram and Twitter, all the updates like that. I, my name is Vern Funquist on there. Um, and yeah, so we'll have all those, uh, all the updates and, and live shows that come out every Sunday night and, um, and Wednesday as well. Christian, the man, I appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, brother.